You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. It is Monday, July the 13th. I'm Gary. Chris. And we have got a lot to discuss today regarding whether or not we are going to have football in the fall, along with we're going to react to the UFC 251 from over the weekend. We're going to talk about JT Daniels, all sorts of different stuff, and a little Dak and Cowboys uh, discussion. So, first things first, winningcureseverything.com is the website. You can go check out all of our picks, previews, podcasts, videos, social media platforms, and we are live, obviously, right now. If you're watching the show as we speak, you are watching on either Periscope, Twitch, Facebook, or YouTube. Make sure you are subscribed at any of those locations. And hit that share button, hit the retweet button, whatever it is, and hit the like button. All of those different things. Share the show out with your buddies. Tell everybody you know about it. We would appreciate that. If you missed the show live, you can always go back and get the podcast. The podcast was very helpful last Thursday and Friday. Chris did the show last week without me while I was on vacation. And well, Thursday, it was necessary. Yes. Friday, I got, well, I guess I went real early. I will say this. The numbers were good, though. So that was I good. Appreciate that. Uh, I numbers appreciate, were good. I appreciate everybody checking it out and giving us a shot. I went back and listened to the Thursday show and the Friday show. I like you taking the pot shots at Alabama scheduling while I'm not here. <laughs> I, listen, I'm, I always made sure that I bring up my school as well. This is true. This is true. I, do, was, I will make fun, but I know that. They are all it's, the yeah. same. It ain't just uh, it ain't just Alabama. I threw, I threw, a, I threw a, a, a Louisiana Louisiana Monroe in there with uh, with the Kent State. All right. No, it was it was good. The shows were fantastic. So if you did not Thank get a chance to listen, go back. He had on the boys from the Westlot Pirates. Appreciate on, those two guys. Oh, yes. Next one up, we need to get Scuzz on so we hit all three of them. Don't let anybody feel unloved. Most certainly, most certainly, we will do that very very shortly. Uh, hopefully this week we're going to try and have on some guests. We're going to talk about the all of the different hypotheticals and whatnot. 
And we're actually going to go ahead and start off the show today with that. Uh, okay. Let's dive into college football. The Pac-12 announced on Friday afternoon that they, along with the Big Ten, are moving to a conference-only schedule. Now, I have got a ton of notes, a ton of things that I want to hit on this. Uh, Larry Scott, the commissioner of the Pac-12, that has kind of become the punching bag. We like to we like to dive on him a little bit. He has COVID-19. He lost his father earlier this year uh, to some other medical complications. So it, it's been a rough year for Larry Scott. That doesn't excuse some of the things that he has done in his profession. But this is, this is where I feel bad. The guy's really bad at his job. And that doesn't mean he's a, a bad guy. Job. It doesn't make I don't wish death upon his family or horrible things to happen to him. I just want him to not have this job anymore so the Pac-12 can become a better conference. Yes. Yes, agreed. That's um, all. So, so with that said, well wishes for Larry Scott and his yeah, family going better. through this. We hope you get better. Get better. Um, let's, so let's talk about this. The Pac-12 decides that they are going to move to a conference-only format. The Big Ten, which you and Sam talked about, the Big Ten moved to it on Thursday. They announced it Thursday after the Ivy League announced on Wednesday afternoon that they would be moving, or not moving, they are canceling their fall sports, and they will have a discussion on June 1st, or June 1st, January 1st of 2021. If it's feasible for them to have a season going into January 1st, uh, then they're going to have a spring football season, and they're going to have all their other sports and whatnot, but basketball, all of that, the Ivy League, done, wiped out for all of 2020. Now, now I mean, we got to s- separate this. The Ivy League makes zero dollars off of right, athletics. Right, right, right. Yes, they, that is all There's just... not a single athletic department in there that finishes in the black. This is true. Not near a one. Now, moving into that, the Big Ten jumped into a conference-only decision. They are scheduling only conference games. That affects 42 different teams. Uh, ben jumps in on Twitch already. He said, cool WCE in the back there. Yeah, my wife got me that for Father's Day. Definitely cool. Definitely cool. Uh, but yes, the Big Ten moves to conference only. Of 42 different teams are affected by this. So the scheduling is just bananas right now. Right, The MAC, in and of itself, lost a ton of money. We're going to dive into that here momentarily. And it became, it was a shock, really, to all of these other P5 commissioners when the Big Ten announced it on Thursday. It was a shock because they had all been having conversations about what this season was going to look like. They were trying to decide, do we want to only schedule each other? Do we only want to schedule within our own conferences? Et cetera, et cetera. And the Big Ten... In the middle of those conversations, really the day before they were supposed to have a a massive call with all the other P5 commissioners, they went rogue and they decided, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and announce it. Like, we'll get this out of the way, which is a little crazy. Well, then the Pac-12 decides it as well, which also makes sense because the Pac-12 schools, USC, Cal, uh, UCLA, etc., it looks like they're not going to be able to play until the middle of September. So... Let's dive into uh, why. I want I want to address that the, the fact that they went rogue for a minute. Go ahead. I think I got a couple of thoughts. First, I think Kevin Warren is yep. the best in college sports right now. In college, in the world of college athletics, I think he is leading his conference better than any commissioner, better than the NCAA, better than any athletic director. He is a 
man that is not afraid to make a decision, not afraid to make a hard decision. Well, I okay? think it's it's easy to do that because he is the new guy on the block, and he comes in and and he knows exactly what he wants to get but done. Right? I, I think that's that's fine. It, if you're the old guy on the block, and if you've been in the conference forever, and you're still afraid to make decisions, that's a damning um, accusation towards you, your character, and your ability to actually lead. This right? has, yeah, but this has nothing to do with an ability to make a decision. All of those other guys work to. He, the reason he went quote unquote rogue is because he realized. I'm talking to four other nutsacks that don't know what they're doing and everybody wants to go in a different direction and everybody has a different philosophy, a different plan. You know what? Screw all you guys. We're going to do something and I don't care. I don't care what you think. I don't care how it affects your conference. I don't care how it affects your money and your spending. We want football in the Big Ten and the only way I know how to do it is if I control it all for one season. Okay. And so that means pissing all you guys off. I don't care. And I absolutely think that that's a sign of leadership because so many of these other commissioners are sitting there twiddling their thumbs wanting somebody else to make a decision for them. Yes, yes. Now, I understand that. I, I completely agree with you on that because somebody was going to have to make a decision and they were going to have to do it quickly, right? That's, that's where it comes from. The issue was that they made this decision the day before they were supposed to have a meeting regarding it. So but I'm not they, saying they, that it was anything bad either. Meetings, they know what's happening in those. It's not like that was the first meeting they were ever going to have. Either they I don't know why we're arguing about meetings. this. Like huh? this is I don't know why we're arguing about this. Like yeah. I, I agree with you. No, but uh, that's, but that's what I'm saying though is is yes he did it the day before they had a meeting and I guess the the intention is is why not go into the meeting at least because he's been in these meetings he know but nothing happens in these meetings these yeah. guys all get on a Zoom call and they all talk and everybody has their opinion and their thoughts. Then we leave there, and nothing's getting done. You know what? He's ready to get stuff done. Yeah, I don't know that that's a new guy thing. I I, I think that that's a leadership thing. There are it, some it leaders that when they walk out of meetings, shit happens, and other leaders walk out of meetings talking about the same thing they talked about the last month and a half, and nothing new is happening. Uh, Damian Estrada jumps in on YouTube. He said, "What's up?" And Michael Fritz jumps in. He said, "What's up from Monarch Dunes?" He's on the eleventh hole right now. That's uh, right. not a bad way to uh, to enjoy an afternoon. So let's move into the next step here. It, there are a lot of naysayers that say it will be impossible to have college football this season, but we do have MLS, MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL all moving forward. They And not all of them are playing yet, but we do have live sports on right now. We are moving in that direction. Conference only is the best way for us to get a season because each conference effectively is their own league. There is no czar of college football. There is no commissioner for all of college football to determine what the standardized testing is going to be, what the uh, scheduling will look like, etc. So, let's go ahead and explain the scheduling format. Uh, when it's conference only, you can basically do whatever you want to. Correct. Like it, 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 the flexibility makes it so easy that you can schedule the games that are the most important early to make sure that you get them in, and then you can kind of rotate and see what you want to do as we go. So with the Big Ten, they're wanting to have a 10-game conference schedule. Who knows if that's actually going to be feasible or not, right? So it it depends on all of the the scheduling flexibility. It depends on whether or not kids get sick, whether or not they have to postpone games due to the fact that an entire offensive line room got knocked out, depending upon all kinds of other things. 
But if you have that happen, you can go week by week in this format and not have to worry about it, not have to worry about your television obligations, all of that kind of stuff, because it's all going to be there. I talked about that Friday. You basically have 15 weeks to get in 10 games if you want to make it to 10. You have 15 weeks to get in 10 games. You just start on time, and and I thought about this over the weekend. I would give every conference one – or every team, sorry, one we would like to postpone game. You can if if your quarterback goes down, if Fields goes down for Ohio State with with the Rona, and he's got to be quarantined for two weeks, they got one week. Say we we'd like to postpone one of these games. We're gonna kick it down the road, no problem. You got 15 weeks to get in 10 games. That's a you. We're gonna do that for you. Every team gets one. Now they need they they still got to make that game up. That's okay. This is why I don't think they should try to make the 10 game schedule up early. No, no, no. You you schedule out four games to start with. Four, four and games to start them. with. Yeah. And then and then after that, every two weeks you reschedule more. Two weeks you reschedule more. hundred percent. If a star player goes down or a whole offensive line goes down or a whole team gets hit real bad and the conference says this is not safe, these teams are this team is Michigan's gonna take off. Minnesota's gonna take off for the next two weeks. Then, then you take their schedule out, you reschedule the next couple of weeks, you figure it out, you push everything back. And once again, 15 weeks to get in 10 games. That's literally taking a week off every game. Well, here, here's the thing. You're trying it's not hard. You're really trying to get just get nine. That's what you're really well, yeah, trying you to get. You want to get nine. Yeah. But so, it, there's no reason you can't. There's no reason you if your agreed. team gets killed and crushed with this thing over a week and you take two weeks off. Like, just the way the science, what we know about this virus, you're not going to get crushed again. Everybody's already yeah. gotten it. We're good. Let's move forward. Uh, ben jumps in on Twitch. He said, it'll be hard to judge teams from different conferences for the playoff spots because theoretically the Pac-12 could be at the same level as the SEC. Theoretically. We'll get there. Now, we're, we're going to get to that on this, uh, we're get there. On this thing. So, uh, going back to what scheduling will look like, what we were just saying, uh, for those that want to know why conference only works uh, – your Texas A&M against South Carolina doesn't seem like it is the best option when you could have Texas A&M against North Texas or whoever one of their in-state opponents would be that's a non-conference game, right? But when it comes back to that standardized testing, again, their own leagues, etc. They they can set in the SEC what they want the testing to be. The SEC can't go and tell uh, the Mountain West or the AAC or the MAC or whoever else. They can't tell them what they want their testing to be, and they those teams can't even afford it. Uh, they the can't afford the same of thing. Travel is irrelevant because all these people are flying charter. If you're right. in the Power Five, in most group of five, uh, Damian jumps in. So going, so going from South Carolina to, to Texas A and M, or Rutgers to Nebraska is is nothing. Is nothing. Yeah, West Virginia to anywhere in the Big Ten is nothing. It it's you're right. It's controlling the testing and making sure everybody's doing the exact same thing and we're all following the same rules and umbrella. Damien jumps in on YouTube. He said, funny you mentioned MLS coming back because MLS has already postponed a game over the weekend because players got COVID. This is why I don't think sports should be coming back this soon. Um, and we'll, we'll discuss all of this. So we're going to get into the ethics of whether or not they should be playing as we, as we dive through. So the reason why these games are so important Right now that we're we're still discussing the scheduling aspect, they are going to schedule division games first for the conferences that have divisions. 
This is not going to be traditional whatsoever. You're going to have Alabama and Auburn in early October, likely. You are going to have Alabama, LSU, maybe in September. You're going to have, you know, Mississippi State and Ole Miss playing in late September, early October. Like, these kind of things are going to happen because you want to get in the division games first to figure out who your conference championship game representatives are going to be. Why do they want the conference championship games to happen? Because those properties are incredibly valuable. Now, in the SEC, it's just part of the package. In the Big 12, in the AAC, in all of these other leagues, it is a whole separate property. So that game, regardless of how many games happen during the regular season, the TV package and that game are separate for the majority of these conferences, and that game matters a whole lot because the ratings are through the roof, and they will be again this year. Uh, Michael jumps in on Twitch said, I'm bummed no Colorado and A&M was looking forward to being in College Station. Yeah, uh, you'll, you'll get it likely soon because I would imagine that they are going to find a way to reschedule these games, not this season, but going forward, they will find a way to fit it in so that contracts can be met, etc. So, all of the division games scheduled first, and then you're going to fill in the rest of the gaps if you can have the remainder of the season. Uh, but this way, if you do the division games first, if you're only able to fit in six games in 12 weeks or whatever, then you've got your division champions. And you yeah. know what you're going to do. Your tiebreakers are done, all that kind of stuff, right? So, um, let's see. The Big 12 likely to schedule their biggest games earlier in the season. You're going to have Texas-Oklahoma early. You're going to have uh, Oklahoma-Oklahoma State early. You know, all of these will happen earlier because those are the games that matter. you got to get those in. So, if you only have six games in a, in a season, you want to make sure that you've got Oklahoma and Texas. You want to make sure that you've got Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. You got better. There's just no reason that once you get started, yeah. there's no reason to not be able to play out, you know, to get to nine or ten games. Right, right. It, and that's if we end it at the normal time that we normally end the season, there's nothing mathematically telling us we, we can't try to get ten games in, you know, 20 weeks. Like, what happens if we play into December? Does the world end? No. no. Just keep playing. It's okay. We're not going to have a normal-looking bowl season anyway. So yep. you're not worried about getting into normal bowl season time and all that stuff. No one cares. But what, what you worry about when you get it, now obviously everything's a little crazy anyway, but once you get into the next academic calendar year, then you have to worry about what the guys did academically in the fall and – then you have a whole nother set of circumstances in are they yeah, but academically you basically have the entire month of January, right? Uh, it depends on when they come back. It depends on when the school starts. Well, back. the national championship isn't played until the second week of January. Right. So how would two more weeks hurt that? And no, no, no. I, I agree with you on that. What I'm saying is if you continue playing and you keep pushing no, back but, and but whatnot. You don't, there's no re- you're, if we're trying to get 10 games in, I'm giving you another month to get those 10 games in. So instead of 15 weeks, you got 19 weeks. To and be able to fit in those games. Still, then yeah. you still, you still have the whole month of January to stay in the academic calendar or whatever to, to get in your playoffs. All right. You, so, just don't, you just don't get three weeks off between game one and, and, and game two of the playoffs. So like That's just it. You just got to play every week. Yeah, you just got to play every week because you've had a bunch of bye weeks anyway. So Because you've had a crap load of bye weeks yeah. if we took that long anyway. What's going to be weird – and, and is what happens if one one conference has no problems getting their 10 games in and other conferences are struggling based on how it's going and they take the full 15 what does that other conference do oh, well that's that's the reason for you, five weeks you have to be able to to set some kind of a deadline 
Like, and and it doesn't matter how many games you get in. If you get in six, then okay, we're gonna we're gonna judge you on the six. If but you the get in all is, ten, is, yes, you're. So I think fifteen weeks is your standard schedule. That's your standard season, right? Yeah, right. So my question is: is one team, st- one conference starts, and they don't have any major problems, and they use their normal bye week, and they can get ten games in in eleven weeks, basically. And the other conferences need all fifteen weeks. That means they're sitting and doing nothing for three weeks. Well, I mean, that's what playoff teams are doing anyway. Yeah, I, but that's I know it's ridiculous, that's, but that's different. Agreed. It it is it's insane. But it's not that and they're sitting and doing nothing. Both teams are doing the same thing. Now you're asking one team to be three weeks off work more than the other team. Yeah. So all right, with with that said, let's talk about that. Uh, because we just brought up playoffs. It, the conference championship games are obviously important. Do we see an expansion of the playoffs? I think 100% yes. I, I think that we I think that we could. Uh, probably not, because obviously the, the powers that be don't typically don't know, do man. the things that we would think. But ESPN would 100% request it because I of the lack of inventory. Of breaking case of emergency situations. And we say, look, we we have no possible because Clemson's gonna if if all of the conferences do, Clemson's gonna go undefeated, and we know that before the season starts. Well, I mean, they're we, gonna go undefeated. They're it, gonna murder everybody in the ACC. Well, it depends on whether or not like it, because the ACC is talking about bringing in Notre Dame, and that the Notre Dame thing would well, still happen. Clemson's gonna bring in Notre Dame. Clemson's still gonna go undefeated. Okay, Clemson's going undefeated. It's gonna happen. Okay. They're that much better than everybody else. So my question is, is if they weren't tested at all and they just smoke through everybody by 20, but we don't have any way to see are these other teams any good or not, and everybody finishes with four losses and they finish undefeated, what, is, what does that matter? How do we grade that as opposed to grading the Pac-12? And I'm, Yes, they are better than anybody in the Pac-12 usually. They're better than anybody in the Big Twi- Big Ten usually. My or Big Twelve. My problem is, is if you don't expand it, you're going to have some teams that have real beef that could legitimately be better than them. Oh, I'm not going to have an opportunity to uh, to show it because they're going to have close games. Uh, ben said that happens anyway. Yes, it happens every year. The the same yeah, thing we just talked about. At least we lie to ourselves. Okay, we lie to ourselves and say, well, they. We bring up one data point here and one data point there to split hairs. We're not going to have that opportunity. Oh yeah, but I mean, we're going to say, like, well, they beat two SEC teams, even though one of them is a six-loss South Carolina team. Uh, but it's but, the same yeah. South Carolina team that beat Georgia in Athens. That's so right. at least you so got that data bring point. It, we're going to bring up those types of right. data points. Now you're not going to have that luxury. Well, I mean, then it turns into all right. Well, the fifth or sixth best SEC team, Auburn, last season beat the Pac-12 champs in the yeah. first game of the year. Even right. though it was the first game of the year and it was in Dallas and blah, blah, blah. Like, you have that data point. You're not going to have that this season. You're so. not going to have that. I, I do think that there's this is one of those, we need to make an exception to the rule. Our postseason's going to look weird anyway. If you think you're getting a normal bowl season, you're wrong. Oh, I it's... Just, see, there's we there's will be no lucky. way that they're doing that. Well, let, let's just... Let's call it what it is. We will be lucky to get a college football season at this point. Well, yes. Um, but we the bowls without fans the bowls likely not going to happen the college football playoff however you can have pretty much anywhere and that is worth so much more 
on yep. television. Which is which is why if ESPN you don't have the bowls, there's no reason to not have an eighteen playoff this year. Yeah. There's just no there's no argument for why you wouldn't. No, I agreed, agreed. Uh that, with that said, the contract still clearly stipulates that it is four teams and they will use whatever kind of analytics, et cetera, to get those four teams. But with less inventory coming in this season as far as games, ESPN could really push the CFP. And there's nothing, and I went through the entire website earlier to figure out if there is anything that could could stop them from doing this. And there's nothing. Like, there's no contractual obligation to only yeah. have four teams. They can expand it if they need to. Now, we'll see if that happens, obviously. But uh, but I think they should. They absolutely should this year. It would make a lot more sense because you're more likely to get the four best teams if you bring in eight. And that, that was my whole reason for wanting expansion anyway. Uh, Damien jumps in on YouTube, said, You don't see why college sports don't do like uh, the major leagues do and have a vote on having a season and have the students vote as well on whether to have a season or not in these conferences. The students have very vocally said that they want to play. Yep. Very vocally said. Now, we're, we're going to dive into that here momentarily. Uh, who does this impact the most? That is the biggest thing. And no, the conference-only schedule does not impact, you know, Oregon, who was looking for a playoff spot by playing against North Dakota State and Ohio State, et cetera. That's not who this affects. Oklahoma getting that win over Tennessee early in the season. That's not going to help them with the playoff this year. Who it affects the most is the G5 and the FCS schools who depend on these buy games and these contracts every single season. Uh, To use a local example, Memphis. Their television budget that comes in, the television money that comes in from the AAC contract that was just approved last year is a hair under $7 million a year. They had one game at Purdue this year that was canceled, and the contract was for $750,000. Now, it was a one-off. There is no home game coming back to them. There is no what a, It was a one-time thing they were going to play in West Lafayette, and they no longer get that $750,000. Now, we'll see what happens with all the contracts, et cetera. But when the Big Ten decided to cut out all non-conference games, the MAC lost over $25 million in budgeted buy games. Like, they don't get that money back from anywhere else. And the money that comes in for the MAC, television money, the AAC, we're talking about like they don't get a whole lot. You know, we always hear the SEC, every school gets 60-something million dollars, and the Big Ten is the same, and the Pac-12 gets, you know, 30-something million, and the Big 12 gets 40-something, whatever it is. The AAC getting $7 million is the closest to the Power Five of any of the group of five leagues. The numbers are that the MAC gets $900,000 per school for TV rights. Conference USA and the Sun Belt only get $500,000. You know, the Mountain West is somewhere in between uh, the MAC and the AAC. Those are the schools that are going to end up cutting a ton of sports this season. It, and not just this season. It's going to have ramifications wow. long-term because right. they won't be able to make that money up. You know, it, this is just a conversation of whether or not we are going to have a season this year, and then it turns into, well, what are we going to do next year? When they cut the sport, they can't just bring it back the next season. There's a whole list of things that you have to go through to get to it. So that's who we have to pay attention to to see what's going to happen because... Hang on. Go ahead. UAB cut football, which is a... 
crazy hard sport to just start from nothing. And then they literally just said, we messed this up. We're bringing it back. Yeah, they brought it and back. they brought it back three years later. No, they, they brought it. They voted to bring it back uh, like several months later, and it took them three years to bring it back. Did it take three years to get back to playing? Yes, games? it was three years before they played their first game long. back. It, you can go back and check me. I'm telling you, it was three seasons. So, and it okay. may it may be that some of these can fire back up immediately, but they're not going to be uh, nearly what they were, and it's going to take no, a but whole here's the thing, revamp. Gary, most of these aren't anything special anyway. That's why they're getting cut. Okay, that's why. Agreed. It's non-revenue can... sports. It's all sports uh-huh. that cost money. However, it's less scholarships athletically that kids can use to be able to get into these schools. Okay, and that but that's sucks. Not, that doesn't mean that the school is good at that sport. No, that I didn't say that. Literally, they can turn it back on, and those kids can start getting the scholarships again. Now, those kids can't. The next kids can. But but it's going to be the exact same as it was beforehand. They're getting cut because they're not competitive, and nobody cares about them. Stanford is never going to cut swim, no matter how little money it makes, because they are the best swimming school in the world. All right. It doesn't make a okay. lick of money for them, but they'll cut every sport they have outside of football before they cut swimming because it matters to them. Yes. yes. Every school has those small sports that matter to them, that they invest in heavily, even though it doesn't make them money. They're super competitive, competitive in them. Uh, ben, and, ben jumps and in that, on Twitch, by the way. aren't going anywhere. Ben said, Boise State just brought their baseball team back from the 80s, and it was just cut after one season. Yeah. Like, you're going to well, see yeah, that, that more often. That was just a decision that they just chose to not – they didn't need baseball for a long yeah, time. It, they, it didn't, they didn't take need that it. long to bring baseball back. Right. They didn't need it. Then they decided, all right, we're making enough money. We can bring this sport back and try and right. try and field a competitive team, et cetera. And then this happens, and that's the first one on the chopping block. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, because they just brought it back, so it's the easiest one to cut. And it's a pretty pricey sport. Yes. No, it absolutely is. Uh, so let, let's close out with this. Uh, one, the spring, that's not going to work. That's not going to happen. At, they will push back as far as they can, but they're not going to play in the spring. If you want to talk about the health and safety of kids, having them play two football seasons, wh- whether it's shortened or not, having them play two seasons in the same calendar year is impossible. That's not going to happen. So, And on top of that, if you push back and say that we're going to revisit this in June, or in January – who knows what's going to happen when you actually get into flu and cold season? Because that's when the viruses are more, and it's not necessarily this one, but who knows what's going to happen at that point? So if you get into December and you've got another spike, what do we do at that point? So at that point, you may just have no season whatsoever. So they're going to try and do everything they can to get this thing into the fall, period. Uh, ethics, right? So Jay Mariotti came on uh, Paul Feinbaum on Friday afternoon and was talking about how irresponsible it is that they would even consider playing football this year, et cetera, et cetera. These kids are unpaid labor. It's ridiculous. da 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 So the question turned from can they play into should they play? And my answer on this is 100% absolutely, I think the kids are safer to be playing college football as opposed to not being on campus and not being there. One, if you have nothing to look forward to, nothing to play for, nothing to to get ready for, you are less likely to go out and wear your mask and go out and et cetera, et cetera, right? 
So you're not going to be trying to stay as healthy as possible so that you can actually play. On top of that, these kids are getting tested multiple times a week. The majority of them, 90-plus percent of them, are asymptomatic. They have no symptoms whatsoever. All of them. Oh, yeah. We haven't had a single college football. That's 100%. We haven't yeah. had a single person tested by the NCAA by college football, okay, that have had any symptoms or any sickness whatsoever. A lot of them have tested positive. Yeah. And none of them, none of them have had any symptoms. These are not, they, not hospitalized. I'm talking not the lack of taste and lack of smell. No symptoms. Yeah. They, uh, nothing. All they of just, them. Nothing at all. I mean, it's insane. So, if you are going to cancel this to where the kids can't come in and they're not going to start playing until January or they're not going to play again until next year, I think it's going to be worse because you're not going to have these schools using the testing and making sure that all of these kids are safe, etc. If all of them are at home or if they are just walking around on a college campus without trying to protect themselves and trying to protect other people, it's going to be worse. It's absolutely going to be worse. So these players are in better hands medically by playing the season than they would be if they were not going to play. Like, that's the bottom line. Uh, I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, it's, it's, this is so common sense to me that we should be playing college football. And yet, and now, and this is very specific, okay? FCS schools, where it doesn't necessarily matter, where they don't have the ability to test, that's a different story. If you don't have the ability to test, then no, I don't know that you should be playing. However, it's still gone on to show that none of them, like we just said, really have symptoms at all. Like, it's just something else. We More kids die from alcohol consumption in colleges than they do from the flu and whatever else, and kids are more likely to die from the flu than from this. So... I know I sound nuts and I, I'm sounding like I'm I'm fired up and I am, but this is a common sense kind of thing. We have no idea when a vaccine is going to be. Here's, gonna here's come the deal in. about those FCS schools. At some point in time, those individual schools need to look at their budgets and see is this something they can afford to play or not. And, right. and so, yes, missing out on all the millions of dollars they're going to get from not getting these pay for plays from the big schools. Is going to suck, and if that means they all have to shut down, and maybe not all of them, but some of those schools that don't have the money need to shut down their football team for a year, it's not a health and safety reason they're shutting it down. It's a financial reason they're shutting it down. Well, and, it, okay? and it's a common sense reason. Yeah, right. Like, yes. like if we can't afford to play this year, but next year everything is fine, and those pay for plays come back in, and we can all you know get big fat juicy budgets again, then then we start back up and we play. Everybody gets another year of eligibility. Everybody gets to stay on, and and you know we we figure this thing out. And yeah, we're going to be bringing in incoming freshmen. Most of those incoming freshmen aren't going to have a football season because I don't know that high school football is going to be doing anything. I don't know yeah. what next year's incoming freshman class is going to look like. See, and that's another thing. I think high school football should be happening now. Here, here is the other question. Ben said, "Over under one half of college coaches of any kind dies of COVID." Now. There are certain protocols that you will have to go through with these coaches, right? These Zoom meetings and whatnot that everybody's doing right now, that will still be implemented as we go along. Now, if you're on the practice field and whatnot, 
you got to be able to protect yourself. That's where face shields and everything else comes into play, right? That's and, all and some of these coaches are more at risk than others. Okay? Yes, some are. Nick, for sure. Nick Saban is far more at risk than 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 Lane Kiffin. One hundred percent. That's just that's just that's just how this thing works. And I, you know, is that un is that unfair? I don't I don't know how to make it fair. It's just it is what it is. But you know, we you know, Mac Brown might have to coach from a booth. That's okay. Yeah, there's a lot of people that have done it. Coaches have done that in the past. It it won't be the last time. Hugh Freeze coached from a dentist chair in the booth for half the season last year. It happens. Yeah, and and they actually won games where he was coaching from up there. Yeah, like you can still coach without being on the sidelines. That's okay. Yeah, Joseph Gomez. That's perfectly fine. Those coaches, listen, these programs, coaches, trainers, whatever, have access to the best medical care we have to offer. Yes. Okay. Because football, college football makes so much money and none of it goes to labor. So when none of it goes to labor, everything around the labor is unbelievable. Yes. Yes. Uh, Joseph Gomez on YouTube. As many buildings as these big schools have, you can't make one or two into a bubble like environment if you really want to push safety. No, they can. They, they, they can. Um, I don't know how a school gets away with doing that. I would. I know, I know you would, and they. I, I mean, they do have athletic dorms and whatnot, but they're not allowed to have. No, I'm not talking about athletic dorms. He's he's talking about a building. I'm talking about an academic building, a wing. I'm going to take one of these buildings that's going to be all online learning. Okay, okay. English lit is going to be all online learning. There's no class discussion that we have to have when we're in person. Okay, so so that means we're going to take that whole wing, and it's now just the football wing. And people, coaches can live there. We'll, we'll build you a, yeah. a, an apartment. We'll be, you know, we're we just going to take this over, this area in this building. We'll golf cart you back and forth from everything. And and there's a way to make them a bubble while other kids are coming on campus. But no kids are walking in and out of that building. No kids are walking in and out of the athletic building. Yeah, there's there are ways to protect these coaches. The, 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 the problem that we're going to run into on all these college campuses if you're trying to create a bubble, is the co-eds. Yeah, yeah, that's likely uh, that's likely going to be an issue. That's, that's gonna, gonna the reason the college campuses can't create the bubble is because there is no amount of security that you are going to put on these young men that are going to keep the ladies away. It's just not It happening. is true. It is true. They, go, they are going to find a way to get in. But that's why they're doing all the testing. Or right. those guys are gonna find a way to get out, but some, some, somebody, some way it's going. Somebody's gonna find some ladies. Yeah, something's gonna happen there. So, with that said, should they play? A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah, we think so. Yeah, I, I believe this, that. My opinion has changed on this since it started, and I have evolved as I've gotten new information. If kids start getting hospitalized, then then we will have a different opinion because yeah. right now the the numbers just say that's just not going to happen. Yeah, the data. If it like, starts happening, then yeah. I have to reevaluate myself. And everyone who says, "Oh, well, I told you so," you shouldn't have done it, doesn't necessarily make you right. Because if no one ever gets hospitalized from this, and you were saying we shouldn't have played at all, then they, then you were proven to be completely dead wrong. Yeah. So we just we just gotta kind of play with parameters, and then you know hope for the best. Uh, Joseph Gomez said, even the nerds and Revenge and the Nerds lived in the gym for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you got that right. You got that right. 
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's move off of this one. We spent enough time on it, but because I was not here the last uh, last two days of last week, this I wanted to This is the biggest thing going in. on right now with yes. what we are doing. A hundred percent. JT Daniels, he was granted immediate eligibility at the University of Georgia by the NCAA, and I'm a little irritated about it. And here's why. He announced that he was transferring on May 28th. That's when he put his name in the portal that's when all this stuff happened, and then he announced uh, after that that he was going to Georgia. And you got to go through all the eligibility protocols and blah, 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 and the NCAA has to grant you eligibility or not. Cade Mays transferred from Georgia to Tennessee. That was on January the 8th. We still have no answer on that one. That's right. Joey Gatewood transferred from Auburn to Kentucky. On December the 5th, and we still have no answer on that one. Why is it so easy for some of these, like Justin Fields, uh, what was the Tate Martell hey, going Martell. down to Miami, uh, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts was a graduate, but yeah, that's why, why do these decisions get made? Now, obviously, the NCAA didn't come out and announce this, but JT Daniels came out and said, thank you to the NCAA for getting this done, da 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 why does this happen? Like, Chris, can you give me any kind of reasonable explanation as to why the NCAA would get this one done first, but wait around on these other ones? Because you, you, you can't blame what it. makes Kirby Smart a good coach, right? The only thing that makes him a good coach, just behind him is just stacks and stacks and stacks of cash, Shutter. just a big, big vault of cash that he's handed out to people to get them to come to Georgia. Well, stacks and stacks of that cash went to Indiana. I mean, that's Indianapolis, that's just, wherever the hell the NCAA is. I'm that's incredible. That. Like, why? But you you don't think that Tennessee's that's, got it? You don't think that Kentucky's got something? Like, I I don't, I don't understand. Think, I don't think they know to pay the right people to dust off. Okay. I mean, maybe not. I I just I'm so irritated at it. When I saw that announcement today, I was and like... if you don't think that that stuff really happens, I w- I'm going to tell you a story. This is a legal thing, state of Mississippi. People that I 
I know personally and am super close to involved with. I know this happened for a fact. Legal trouble, hires an attorney, interviews an attorney, talks to an attorney. Attorney tells them all the different stuff they have to do to get them off. It's going to take a year and a half of their life. It's going to be a big fight. It's going to be this, going to be that. But they're 100% sure they feel, well, 90% sure you're never 100% that they can make this go away and they can get them off. Going to be one price. No problem. Mom says, no, 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 no. We're going to talk to another attorney. I know this guy. The other attorney says, I need $24,000 in cash. I'll make it go away tomorrow. Mom went to the bank, got $24,000 in cash, handed that to the attorney. And the next day, he had to show up, plead guilty to a misdemeanor, and walked away, and then the misdemeanor never showed up on his record ever again. Like, money. If you don't think that's how stuff works, you're wrong. Georgia, uh, Kentucky doesn't know the right attorney to hire to do that. I don't think that is public knowledge. I don't know how that how you find out which one's available to do it and which one is not, but some people have the relationship to get stuff done. Yeah. And others don't. Ohio Others State was able to, to get fight it done. It the legit way. I know this. I'm close to these people. I've seen it happen in our justice system. It's a damn shame that that's the way it works in there, but it's how it works everywhere. Wait, it's yeah. You're talking about the actual justice system. That's our actual. That's way we're bigger talking, thing than this. Yeah, we're so talking if you NCAA. Think those guys aren't getting paid. Yes, these people who make bullshit decisions absolutely getting paid who are deciding whether or not a kid is going to get to play in a season that may or may not happen. happen. Like that's, that's right. insane. Yeah. So can you play football or not? As opposed to, are you going to pay a punishment for a crime you may or may not have committed? Yeah, it's absolutely. And then insane. we're just going to make it disappear. Uh, let's see. Can we say <laughs> Joseph jumped in on YouTube? He said, can we say that it was a hypothetical story and Chris may or may not have heard it from the horse's mouth? Uh, Chris might know some people. I know some people. Let's just no, say that. Chris knows some people. I 100% know, I know this happened. Yeah. Like, I this is a real happened. thing. This is not a hypothetical. I read, I read, I read the charge papers. I, I was at their house, and I, I saw the charge papers. And then he told and me how it all went out. His mom said how it went out. And he got completely off of everything. Everything just disappeared. And he all thought it took he was going to have a misdemeanor on his background for a minute. He wasn't worried about that. And that misdemeanor. Never showed nowhere up. Nowhere around. It's un, it's unbelievable, unbelievable. So, so that yeah, that, that's I'm gonna tell you that the same way Kirby Smart's a good recruiter is just stacks and stacks of cash. It's the only reason anybody would go play for him. Talk to him for ten minutes. Nobody would. Nobody thinks that guy's intelligent. Nobody. <laughs> no, you're you're right about that. Let's move off of that one for just a minute. We're gonna get out of football momentarily. Uh, Damien said that would definitely explain how Jameis Winston uh, for for away with his rape allegations in Florida State. Uh, uh yeah. that's, that's yes, a different yes situation. No. That's a different situation. But but that you're uh, listen, yeah. a lot of powerful people got involved and made something disappear. Uh Swish Actions jumps in and said Kirby isn't dumb, chill out. Uh Swish Actions <laughs> must be new to the podcast. Uh look, we we and then Ben jumps in and said Kirby's an idiot. Look, I like Kirby, Kirby Smart. I do. That's fine. I'm not. I don't think that well, he is I, the greatest. I like a lot of dumb people. I don't think he's the greatest X's and O's coach in the history of the world, and he has shown that multiple times. I do think is he's a fantastic recruiter, and he understands the way that the college football world works. 
But the fact that he was able to get this kid eligible immediately after transferring from Southern Cal at the end of May, while other kids in the SEC have not been able to get any kind of a ruling, is still absurd to me. Do you think that if he was the head coach at Mississippi State, he would be the half the recruiter he is? Oh, absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. So he's not a great recruiter. No, no, he is. It just depends on. I think that he would do a better job at Mississippi State than Joe Moorhead was able to, or Dan oh, Mullen was able to. Yeah, but Dan Dan openly does You're comparing him to two people. One, who is a terrible head coach, okay, just a god-awful head coach and had no deserving to be that. And the other openly says he does not really care about recruiting and he just hires other people to do it. So that that's the person you're comparing him to. Ben said, you mean he understands how to hand out money. Damien said, Kirby is Ryan Pace. Dear God. <laughs> Love it. That is absolutely ridiculous. Um, All right, let's... uh, When you say somebody's not good at X's and O's, but their job is coaching, that's a a damning statement on them. No, it certainly is. I think he's good at X's and O's on the defensive side. That that literally is a challenge to their intelligence. I think he is smart. smart, You're good at X's and O's because that's all your job is. I think that he is smart on the defensive side of the ball. I think he's like Will Muschamp in that regard. Only I think he's a better recruiter than Will Muschamp is. So, and now a lot of that has to do with where he is, but Will Muschamp at Florida wasn't able to do it. So, yes, he has everything lined up for him at Georgia to be able to be successful. I think he's, I think he's a pretty good coach. I think if Will Muschamp was the coach at, Flo- at Georgia, they would be better than, than Kirby Smart. Oh, I don't know about that. I do. I, okay. I, do. I, think we, we can... I, think, I think Will struggled at Florida because the academics at Florida make it they do make it more difficult to recruit. More uh, difficult, not impossible, but more difficult. Da- Damien said Kirby equals Jason Garrett. And then Swish, uh, Swish Action said stop it. Uh, I don't I don't agree with that. I don't think Will Muschamp is that good. Uh, ben said Muschamp beat Kirby this year. Yes, he did. Everybody can – a squirrel can you know find why, him. You know why like he beat him? You know why he beat Because he's a better coach than he is. With like a third of the talent. He was playing with his third-string quarterback. A guy that's never taken a practice, a snap in practice. How in the world did we? And Matthew Miller jumps in. He said he's fine with X's and O's. He's bad with game and time management and the sequence of uh, of all of it. He ain't uh, fine with X's and O's. That he's just he's just not. He's just not. I don't know how we got in this. I don't. I don't know how we just got like I. Okay, we're, any opportunity we're, I can, I'm going to shit on Kirby. That's I know, fine. I know. That's what you're doing. That's fine. I'm not. I'm not here to necessarily defend him. I'm just giving you my opinion. I think he's all right. I love making so, you defend him though, because it's so. Weird. I know it's, it's so hard. It's so hard to defend an idiot. I, listen, yeah. I do it all the time. It's all right. It's it's very difficult. I will admit that. I have uh, many friends that I have to apologize for. Ben, ben said Leach will crush Kirby. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe I don't know. It, not not at the current schools that they are at, but uh, let's dive into. UFC 251 for just a few minutes here. Chris, did you end up watching it Saturday night? I did. And, and you're like the third person I heard was like, oh, that was so boring. So I liked it. I actually really enjoyed it. One thing I was pissed off about, I guess I didn't do the math on what it was going to be like, but Fight Island is stupid. <laughs> like, Fight Island is the dumbest thing on earth if you're not going to fight on the island where I can see it. You're fighting like a blacked out room. Yeah, and that's really dumb. I wanted to fight on the beach, and then I realized, oh yeah, it's like a hundred ten degree heat index there. They can't fight out there. Yeah, they they can't fight out there. However, but, they but can then practice. Why did you they buy can... an island for you to fight on if if you're not going to use the beauty of the island? Why build a 
a ring by the ocean. Well, here's okay. So I don't know if sea, I guess not the ocean. Anybody but. that wasn't paying attention over there, they are nine hours ahead, right? Yeah, Seven a.m. in the morning. So it was incredibly early in the morning. However, they were working on U.S. time. So the fight started at nine p.m. Central Time or or whatever yeah. time it was. It did not end until after one o'clock in the morning. It yeah. was insane. They didn't even get into the octagon until you know well midnight. after midnight, central. and so yeah. and it was insane. I, or eleven central, yeah. No, no, it was it was after midnight central. Like what? that's what, yeah. It was it was after midnight. It was insane because all of these fights went for freaking ever. It set an all time. Yeah, nobody finished anybody. Yeah, it, it was an all time record. Even even the like eight of the thirteen fights went the distance. Through yeah. the whole card, like that's prelims and everything. Card. But and in two, to like fight island fights, like the the pay per view fights, it, they all went the distance. Two of those, well, not the the first one did not go the distance. Uh, the first one was an arm bar that and that was uh, Rebus oh, against yeah, the, uh, the blade fighting, right? That's yeah, the first one to fight. First one, and it ended in like two minutes. However, two of the fights that did not go the distance went into the final round and finished with less than two minutes remaining in the fight. Yeah, I mean, it was matter. insane. Um. Let's see. Da, 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 da. Uh, but I actually, I did enjoy the fights. I thought the judges got one fight glaringly wrong with a holiday the, the fight. Holloway fight, yeah. Holloway fight, yeah. That that that's it. But the, other than that, you know, now I lost money on that, so I'm a little bitter. But they they absolutely got it wrong, regardless of if I lost money or not. They they got it big wrong. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was incredible. Look, I had uh, Volkanovski in that fight, and and I think it was scored wrong. Like, I, oh, it, it made no sense to me. I thought Holloway won those first three rounds, and it wasn't even close. And then the fourth close. one he, The was, fourth round, I think he lost. But the, that yeah, was the it. fourth round, but even that one was questionable. And it was obviously, still close. It I think still the, real close. I think the fifth one was obviously Volkanovski's because he, he knew he had to get a win. He had to get a, win. Yeah, he he had had to to get a knockout. And so, it didn't come close. And all Holloway was doing was coasting at the end of the fight. But Because yeah, he thought he had three rounds that just don't get finished. Yeah, I, I really... I, that's that's why you don't just coast. Like, I, I don't know that you wanted to talk about this. Can we talk about some of the prelim flights that happened on uh, ESPN? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Watched? Go ahead. So I didn't get a chance to watch uh, a, I, I, a lot of them. I have them, no idea but... who any of these two people are, okay, by the way. So I'm, I'm going to do the worst way in the world of describing this. <laughs> there, there was a fight between two fighters. One was like European. One was Hispanic, probably okay. South American, something of that nature. The European guy... Hits the South America. They stopped the fight three different times because he hits him in the nuts. The official, because there's no crowd, you can hear everything, is yelling at the dude, you got to stay off his cock. You got to stay off his cock. He finally <laughs> brings him over to his corner to get like his corner man. To, you have to translate. Tell him to stay off his cock. Hearing an official use that phrasing is the funniest thing in the world to me. Oh, 100%. I, the sophomore in me was laughing hysterically at him yelling at this guy for hitting him in the dick. Yeah. Then then I thought I, I learned rules. When you get hit in the dick, you get five minutes to recover. Yep. Getting hit in the nuts sucks. Oh, yeah. Five minutes is a long time. This fight lasted forever because they had to keep stopping over and over. Every time they'd stop it, he kept bringing the – this is the official now, the referee – Kept bringing the doctor in. What's he gonna do? Is he gonna Nothing. pull it out and rub on it for him? Like he got hit in the dick. We know it hurts. Yes. What are you doing? 
<laughs> so I've, I've come up with this philosophy that they need to go to immediately. You hit somebody in the nuts twice. And, uh, and it's, it's automatic one, DQ. No, forget that. They get a free a free nut shot on you. You're this way, spread eagle. They can hit you, kick you, do anything they want to your growing whatsoever, or you can walk away. You can throw the towel in. You can not take the shot in the nuts and say, I quit. But that's happening. That's, that's interesting. And hell, I, and I like that idea. Five minutes. I'm going to get to kick you in the dick. Then we're going to separate, and then we're going to restart this fight. Yeah. Hang yeah. on. From the time I was sending you guys, all the Westlight guys knew the group text, the tweet, the text about him getting hit in the nuts three different times. In that moment, it took me to take type that text. He poked the guy in the eye and had an illegal knee to the temple. Yeah. They it's, took it's away insane. so many points to where the South American fighter, all he had to do was just not get finished, and he was going to win on points no matter what. But the problem is, is after the knee to the temple, the illegal knee, I was like, I think this guy's going to lose this fight because he can't hang on. That was the most entertaining fight in the world because I learned so many different things. And then I came up with like new rules. And, and I think that's amazing. Yeah. No, I never thought when that day started, I was going to listen to an official tell another man, you have to stay off his cock. Yes. Yeah. I, I was not expecting to hear that. Matt Miller jumps in. He said, so Chris is pro castration. Duly noted. <laughs> that's pro castration. <laughs> it's not. You hit it's somebody not. in the dick three times, Damian, they hit you back in the dick. Damien jumps in and said, watching Fight Club was more interesting than the UFC this weekend. And Joseph Gomez said, Dana White cashing Abu Dhabi checks. Yeah, that's that's why they're doing Fight Island over the air. Uh, that, oh, that's the whole thing. They're, they're cashing I checks. I, didn't, I felt like I was hoodwinked when I realized... When are they going to fight outside? When am I going to see this ring? When am I going to see this ring? And we were about midway through the fight before I realized. Oh, this is just what it is. Degrees over there, we're not seeing this ring. No, it's it's Fight Island so that they can have the fights, like so they don't have to worry about anything. It's it's being regulated and whatnot by that country over there, the United Arab Emirates. So that's why it was going on. But to get back into the main card, uh, the Jessica Andrade Thug Rose fight was. Fantastic! That was great obvious. Great fight, and it went great the distance. Fight. But that was that was great. Um, the Volkanovski fight against Holloway, pretty good fight. I mean, it, it, was it wasn't super. It was good they just got it wrong. It was a really yeah. good fight. I, I actually liked all the fights. I thought it was a good a good night of fighting. I enjoyed it. The um, I'm missing one. What's the oh the Peter Yan fight, uh, where he finished Jose Aldo, the refs. Yeah, 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 yeah. That whole thing where he did not call the fight, that referee should absolutely be checked out. They need to have an investigation into that because it no, it seemed I, I, like we, he we wanted him to I die. I had a bunch of guys over and oh, a few guys over, not a bunch of guys. And and we all watched and we were all like, he going to stop this thing? Literally all four of us at some point in time before it was stopped said, when's he going to stop this? Yeah. It was that one was pretty bad. I, I really wanted that was one of those heart ones. You know how I always like Cowboy, but because Cowboy's so tough, he fights all these dudes that are way better than him and in their prime, and he's past his prime now. I just wanted Aldo to do well, and he he's just past his prime now, which, which is crazy because he's only what like thirty two or thirty four. Yeah, but like he's, he's, he's a not lot that of fights, yeah. man. He's he's been it's like running back years. You know, you can yeah. you can be a lot younger than some of these other guys, but. Your prime is gone, and theirs is still in. If if you go back and watch uh, our preview from last Wednesday before I before I left to go out of town for a couple of days, uh, 
I I called every fight correctly. Like I, now, I bet yeah, all on, the favorites won. Not a single the, dog yeah. lost. Um, Masvidal was the one that I I bet on Masvidal because I want, but I didn't bet a lot because it, you knew. Like it, this is it, so. This is what I really wanted to talk about with this. Yeah. Is the UFC has a a boring problem because these champions that they have are not sellable. They're not marketable at all. Kamara Usman, yes, his fight against Colby Covington was entertaining. But when you have Habib and Usman and guys like that that are running your divisions, and they are the guys that take it to the ground all the time, they lean on these guys on the on the cages and whatnot, it is the most boring thing to watch in the history of the world. That Usman I, I really fight. hate watching Usman fight. I think oh. the only reason I enjoyed that last fight <clears throat> was because I knew Masvidal really hated him and wanted to kick his ass. And when the, the first three rounds, basically, Masvidal came out just firing with all he had. And, I mean, I said it in, in our group, if, if he doesn't knock him out in the first two rounds, this thing is going to be ugly and over. Oh, it's, that's what I said on the show last Wednesday. Yeah. You know, it, and we, we know that's, yeah. that's part of a striker. That's it. That's part of a guy not being from a training camp. Yes, he said he was in shape and always working, but not not really. Yeah. And Usman is just boring to watch. Oh, he's incredibly boring. It's unbelievable. Joseph Gomez said... He's stomping that dude's foot. It was pissing me off. Yeah. Uh, which I saw so many different tweets about uh, uh, ultimate foot stomping championship. <laughs> it just... It it gets boring, it gets terrible, and it's like I'm already up at twelve thirty. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, it's one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and I'm watching the guy step on another guy's foot. Yeah, this is just stupid and dumb. And and why is this allowed? Like, uh, Joseph Gomez said, "Let's drop the cage, throw him in the sand. Let's go full Bruce Lee, game of death." Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Let's go with it. But yeah, I think the UFC needs to figure this out. They've got to change some of these rules around to where they're not laying on them on the side of the cage for an entire round. And multiple rounds. It's it is not fun for anybody. If you get a takedown, then okay. But standing somebody up against the side of the cage is the most well, boring the problem. It's possible all, thing. And this is easily fixable. You have once you get locked up, you have so many seconds that I'm going to let you stand here, grabbed up before I'm going to break you. You either take them in a takedown, or I'm going to separate you, and then we're going to restart. Yeah. And you can throw punches, you can throw knees, you can do all this stuff, but we're not going to stay locked up. You're going to get separated, or you're going to take them to the ground. You're either going to do something physically to them, or we're going to take it to, the, or we're, or we're going to separate you and restart. Yeah, that's it. Matt Miller said, "I'm waiting for a league that's like modern day gladiators, where you have a fight until you have a knockout or a tap out." Uh, he said, "Obviously, gladiators were to the death, so modern day gladiators." Yeah. So the problem, but here's, the problem with that is without having rounds is once these guys get really tired, it gets super sloppy. Yeah. And you but now instead of instead of having a knockout that might happen in a second round or a third round early, like the way the last minute to thirty seconds of all of these rounds are, you just have that for four or five minutes before somebody just gets caught in something. Yeah. But but it, that would be even more boring. It's the break of the rounds that gives them a breather. It is what actually gives you any hope of having excitement. Joseph Gomez said the refs do have the power to do that, even on the ground if there's action, but few refs do it. Uh, and I think no, if, been, I mean, few, if, if there's no right. action. They have the power to. They just don't ever take it. Yeah, which is absolutely insane, and it kills the interest in the sport. It's yeah. just absurd. 
Uh, but it was it was incredibly. <laughs> Vince said, "Give them nunchucks." <laughs> now, and here's the downside. Okay, I get it. Like I hear the argument from the people that are really into this stuff. Okay? The, the MMA purists, I get it. I understand well, the science say, of this. I know that Usman would then be punished because that's how he fights. Then he's gonna have to learn a new way to fight. Yeah, you you but can't just yes, lean on get, somebody. Right now, the rules benefit him. If we change the rules, they wouldn't benefit him. So that, that's part of it. He's got to adapt. And and you need to do that if you're going to keep your sport interesting. Every sport evolves. People, constantly evolves. You it's, always it's have why, to be evolving. It's why the NFL has gone more offense, because they have figured out more points means more well, viewership. Well, and how did they do that? They did it by changing, slowly changing rules to benefit the we gotta protect first we've got to protect yep. the quarterback more. Well now if the quarterback's protected more, then we've got to take wide receivers more. So now going over the middle is the super easiest thing in the world to do and it's the least dangerous thing to do. Yeah. So the whole middle of the field has been wide open. Now less athletic receivers can beat more athletic cornerbacks all day long, and offensively the game has exploded and your product is amazing. You just tweak rules a little bit here and a little bit there, and 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 all you're doing, you're not trying to help this fighter or that fighter. You're just trying to make all the fights more exciting. Yes, Matt Miller said that's why I hate boxing. Mayweather is the most recognizable, and he is by far the most boring. But he is proper uh, prosperous, so it incentivizes fighting like that. That's the issue. If you see these guys winning belts, Usman and Habib, etc., if you see them winning by just laying on people, taking them to the ground, controlling fights and whatnot, then it becomes where more people are going to be like that. And well, because and you get thing, paid now, more if you're I'm a champion. against people taking it to the ground. No, no, no. There's exciting fights that can happen on the ground. Yeah, you can get something exciting if you do yes. that. But, but laying on somebody exciting. on the ground is boring. Leaning on somebody and just holding them there and doing one little damage move over and over and over again to hopefully get points or stepping on their foot. Come on, man. Yeah. Like, that's not fight. That's not fighting. That's not mixed martial arts. That's not what this is supposed to be. No, it's it's incredibly boring. I hated seeing it. Um, I did too. It was it was. I was hyped up about it. I was really hyped, and to see that, and to see what we got from from some of these fights, because even I the exciting ones had really boring moments. Guys who step up to take a fight on short notice. One time, I want them to catch somebody. Well, I mean, Nate Diaz never- caught Conor McGregor with you know a week's notice. So that that has happened before, which is why everybody looks at it like this. But, it, but it's it, just rare. Yeah, and Connor's it's rare. a different kind of breed. To catch him, Connor taunts too much. I mean, I, I've watched fights that he had one in the bag. Literally, his first Nate Diaz fight, he had Diaz was as bloodied as bloodied could be, and he was swinging his arms out, not being able to see what he could hit. And Connor dropped his hands, stuck his chin out, and wiggled it at him. And Diaz caught him, and then the fight was over. Well, I mean, I thought, yeah, he took it to the ground. Like, that's that's how... Knows, but he, how did he take it to the ground? First, he has to catch him off guard, and then he, now he knows where he's at. But he can't see because he's got blood covered in his eyes. Yeah, no, I'm with you. But Connor was you. cocky. So, you, I mean, yeah, you do something like that, and that's on you. No, 100%. Let's, uh, let's close up this show. We're over an hour already, but, uh, okay. but man, we had a lot to talk about. Um, let's talk about Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys and how they are nowhere close to a long-term deal now, this is not completely unexpected because they weren't anywhere close before. They still offered the franchise tag. The reason that this is a news story right now, uh, Chris shared an article with me, Wednesday is the deadline for an extension to count for this season. So yeah. 
it would not if it gets done after Wednesday, obviously you can keep him around longer and whatnot. But this season he will still be paid the franchise tag. One year thirty one point four million dollars right. doesn't count against any extension. You want if you want to lock him up long term, you would like this year's guaranteed money that you've already agreed to him with to be a part of that deal because that's thirty one point four million a year and a and a year. Now, so, for those that believe that the Cowboys are uh, that are lowballing him, they're not. Here's uh, here's the latest via the Dallas Morning News. A source said the Cowboys offered Prescott a contract that would come second to Russell Wilson, who is thirty five million dollars a year in terms of average salary per year. The Cowboys also presented Prescott a deal that would surpass the most guaranteed money for a quarterback. The Rams' Jared Goff has the most guaranteed money in the NFL at one hundred and ten million dollars. So. $35 million a year, okay, it seems pricey to me, but it could make sense because of where we are now. Um, you know, he, he's, a, he's a good quarterback. Uh, Matt Miller said, hey, if he wants to get rich, he should play the Kirk Cousins game. Yeah, that is a possibility. Well, I think that's what he's doing. And, and maybe it is, but I'm, I'm curious if the Patrick Mahomes deal did not make his agent go, eh, hold on a second, like, they're wanting to offer you three or four million or three or four years. Why don't we hold out and look for six, seven, eight, nine? Like, I'm I'm curious if the Patrick Mahomes thing has changed the game for all of these quarterbacks. Like, am I crazy for that? If I was him, I I wouldn't do that. I would I would rather. I mean, LeBron James mastered this in the NBA. Shorter contracts, man. Bet on yourself. Shorter contracts because in the NFL, all this stuff is funny money. All these contracts these owners can get out of the late year stuff. If you think you're going to play for another eight years, then sign two four year deals and get a ton of money in this one and let the team have security. And then your second deal will be even more because you don't know what quarterbacks will be getting paid by then. Yeah. What if if quarterbacks are getting paid 55, 60 million dollars in five years? Joseph Gomez. Hey, Joseph Gomez said that Greek yogurt company must be paying him a ton if he's so sure he can bet on himself. Yeah, but what what happens if they're paying fifty five and sixty million? You say, oh well, that's crazy, really? Because five years ago they were making nineteen million dollars, and and now you've got guys making forty five to fifty million. Forty five, yeah. So it's absurd. So, so so is it really that crazy that in four years that that it could go? Because we got another CBA coming up, and when the players get more money for the CBA, that nobody's paying offensive linemen more. All right. Nobody's playing these these players that aren't getting paid now aren't going to get all raises, all right? Yeah. The quarterbacks and the star players, your star players in those star positions are going to get more. Matt Miller jumps in. He said, I hate that the best guy in the game who is generational gets paid, and the average guy thinks he gets boosted up because of it. You get paid what you're worth. I completely agree with that. I've never understood the concept that once Aaron Rodgers got paid (laughs) – Joe Flacco just thought, man, I'm worth so much more money now. Really? Yeah, really, it doesn't Joe? make any sense. He, he said, by the way, you get paid what you're worth. Dak is worth between 28 and $32 million a year. Yeah. That's probably a good number. That's probably the best number I've heard anybody actually give out in a while. That's, yeah, that's I, a, at, at this point, I don't think that 35. He's a really good quarterback, but he ain't better than Russell Wilson. He's not better than Patrick Mahomes. He's not better than 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 the guys that are about to come up and get paid behind him, which is going to be Lamar. He's not better than than Watson. He's he's just not. Yeah, he's really really good. He ain't those guys. No, no, he's not. No, he's not. Is it okay to be really good and not those guys? Tom Brady's got nine Super Bowls he's been to. 
He's been to nine Super Bowls. Very few of those years was he ever the best quarterback in football. Talent-wise, yeah. Why why is that a bad thing? Um, Let's see. Damian said, do y'all think the reason why Dak hasn't had a deal yet is because of the report of the NFL taking 35% of the player's money? No. Uh, no, no, I don't, don't think that has anything to do with it. Because that's not going to happen, by the way. No. That 35% in escrow, that I would be shocked, shocked if that happens. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, I absolutely agree. And I need to learn a hell of a lot more about the contract of why they're doing that, why they need it, and then what the escalator is to make that money come out of escrow and when that count, when that happens. Yeah. It's, I would need to, I, I need to, need to know more details. Before I think that's actually a reasonable request. Agreed. Uh, All right. I think that's going to wrap up the show today. Is there anything cool. that is, uh, that's popped? Nope, that was it. I was Not just trying to look thing. up the numbers on Dak while, while you were talking to okay. make sure we, we, we're good. Yeah, I don't, see any, uh, I don't see anything that has happened. So we're going to go ahead and close it out for today. But with that said, uh, well, let's see. Ben closes it out. Are we just going to ignore the fact that Case Keenum came in fifth at the American Century Championship and beat every other football player? Must be an omen. <laughs> Maybe. Hey, Chris, I know is looking forward to having Case Keenum on the Browns this year. I will say that. I, I am. I am. And that's not, a, that's not a Baker shot. Baker has done amazing when somebody pushes him. When, so, when he's been challenged and he's been questioned, he's done amazing. When he had the keys given to him to the car, he, he jacked it up. He wrecked, He totaled the car. Yeah. No, you're, uh, you're right. We got a new review over the weekend. Uh, so if you guys would go and leave – your five-star written reviews over on Apple Podcasts. We would definitely appreciate that. This came from Jackson Barbs. He said, living in Australia, it's hard to keep on top of everything going on in U.S. sports. This podcast makes it easy and is entertaining to follow. So, we appreciate that, Jackson, for sure. You guys, if you would, if you're listening right now, go ahead and go over to Apple Podcasts. Make sure you are subscribed. Make sure that you leave a nice five-star written review. We will read them out on the show as we get them in. You guys are fantastic. Wait, we're getting around the globe now, Chris. We're in Australia. That's not too bad. I'll take it. I will take take it. it. All right, you guys have been wonderful. Thank you, as always, for helping drive the show over in the chat. We uh, we can't thank you enough for doing that every single day. Go to winningcureseverything.com. Go over to sportsbookreview.com. That's where all of our college football coverage will begin in August. So make sure you are subscribed to their YouTube channel. You can find it all over at sportsbookreview.com. Again, winningcureseverything.com is our website. You can find our podcasts, all of our picks, previews, videos, social media platforms, etc. over there. And make sure you're uh, subscribed and you are sharing the show out. Thank you again for everything. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. We will see you again tomorrow. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.